Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no water in spots So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock Off the knob on top of the hydrant We was wildin' on the side of apartment lots Welcome back, all my doodadders Future fathers, potential parents And everyone else tuning in This is another episode of Dad Hard with a podcast. Um, as always, thank you all for tuning in and checking me out once again for another week. This is the episode eight that we're doing right now. And uh, that's fucking crazy. I say it every week, but it's still fucking crazy. We're still here. We're still rocking. We're still coming with you every single week. And we still fucking love it because apparently y'all really love it. Um, Once again, highest listens to date was last week. And this time I'm not going to take any credit for it. I'm just going to give all the credit in the world to my main man, Jake Herbert, uh, Olympian and eight-time wrestling champion. And I got to do those drops so he doesn't come to my house with my ass. Uh, But big shout out to my man, Jake Herbert. Uh, I really, really, really think that that was one of the most favorite episodes so far. It was one of my favorite episodes. I've probably listened back to it about four or five times just because I love hearing that man speak. Like he's so inspiring and engaging. And, uh, you know, that the interview went on for almost an hour. So everybody that did tune in and listen to the whole thing in its entirety, Thank you very much. I know it was the longest episode so far. You know, it went over 70 minutes between me talking my ass off and him talking his ass off. But I would much rather listen to him talk his ass off than me talk mine. Uh, But still, you should listen to me. Uh, But no, seriously, Jake, he was the man. Uh, What he's doing for kids and childhood development is phenomenal. Uh, And I can't wait till my daughter is old enough that I can work with with his program on developing her physical literacy and going through it because it's a fantastic thing. Um, So a big shout out and a big thank you to Jake Herbert. Uh, I'm sure that's why a lot of people tuned in. Um, He has a really nice following on that. So, um, you know, Jake, I know you're listening. I really appreciate it again. Um, And I can't wait to have you back on the show after you have your third kid in February or maybe even before. Hey, you know what? Maybe we should we should link up maybe you and me doing separate pocket. That's, that's another topic. Anyway, let's keep it rolling. Uh, this is Dad Hard with a Podcast, and I am your host, Mo Green, as always. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know how to get in touch with me. Dad's out there. If you want to connect on the fatherhood, brotherhood, hit me up. Dadhardpod at gmail.com. Always follow the Instagram. Uh, I just put a cute little picture up of my daughter's first Halloween. She was um, a wubbinup, which if you don't know what that is, because uh, you're not a parent, if you're a parent, you fucking know what that is, all right? It's a little stuffed animal with a pacifier on the end, and it is all you... All you future parents out there, future fathers, potential parents that I talk to every day, I'm telling you right now, get some wubbin' ups. When you're, when you're about to have a kid, 
Load up on Wubbinubs. And I say load up on them because you don't know which animal your child is going to take to. You know what I mean? Like you might buy, you can't just buy one. You want to buy a cute little puppy. What if, your, what if your kid doesn't like fucking puppies? You know what I'm saying? Like what if they don't like that? Like my daughter likes a, her fucking elephant. Like and that's what it is. She did. And that's what we dressed her up as for Halloween. And she had the elephant woven up in her mouth while she wore a little elephant hat. My wife stitched a pacifier on the top. It was fucking adorable. So all that to say, check out the Instagram, Dad Hard Pod on Instagram, uh, Dad Hard Pod 1 on Twitter. I still don't know how to use that, but fuck it. Follow me anyway. Why? Because you love me and so give me the support. Uh, and then as always, I don't know how you're listening to it right now, but you could listen to it about 6,200 other ways and you should listen to it in every single one of those ways. You know what I'm saying? And, and the easiest way is you could just ask Alexa uh, and that's the easiest way to do it. But I'm on iTunes. If you're listening on iTunes or you have iTunes and you want to listen on iTunes, uh, definitely please, I beg of you, hit me with that five-star rating. Uh, unless you think I only deserve one star, then give me a fucking one star. And if you give me a one star, Tell me why. Drop me a comment. Let me know. Uh, I'd love to move up these parenting charts on iTunes. Uh, it would be fantastic. Um, and so, you know, help me do that. You know what I mean? If you like the show and you keep listening, drop me some comments. Drop me some ratings on, on iTunes. And that that's fantastic. You know what I mean? Uh, then maybe I'll get more popular, be able to get more bigger guests on here that you want to hear and you know we can make this whole thing a real big movement together you know what i'm saying but anyway um like i said itunes spotify however you're listening to it now you can just keep listening to it like that um and that that's that's what we do last plug i'll drop you uh is new york city I know I've said it the last three weeks, but if you were in New York City, November 15th, myself and my band Firehouse are playing one night only, one last reunion show at the Cutting Room in Midtown Manhattan. Um, It's going to be insane. It's going to be crazy. Uh, Tickets are on sale and all of the proceeds, and this is the best thing about the show, is that all the proceeds are going to the Lower East Side Girls Club. Um, Every single dollar. So like we're not making anything. We're just doing it all for the love of the game and all to help support the Lower East Side Girls Club because they're fantastic. I have a little girl. I'm supporting women all day long. I'll be wearing my Futures female shirt. I'll be doing a whole thing. And you can come watch me rock out. Watch me and my band Firehouse rock out. Uh, tickets are on sale on Eventbrite. They're on my Facebook page for the podcast. Uh, Facebook.com slash dadhardpod. Um, and you can catch them there. And catch me. Rock out. We'll, we'll, we'll fucking party together. It'll be great. Enough of that. Because we're in week 13. A fatherhood. Jesus. Goddamn Christ. I, I, didn't, I never thought that I would make it this far. I did. I'm lying. But seriously, this is week 13 of fatherhood. My daughter is beyond that three-month mark. And 
Like I said last week, three months was crazy because at three months is when, at that 12 week, three months, you know, it's not exact, but at, at that point is when you as parents really start getting comfortable as parents. You understand that you're actually parents and you're not like petrified that you're going to damage this little baby anymore. Like, you are now comfortable in the parenting skin. And that was really cool about this whole turning point here, right? And in the 12 weeks or we're week 12, um, week 13, we did some cool shit, man. It was my daughter's first Halloween. And that was crazy. Like I said in the beginning, we dressed up as a wubba nub. It was crazy. We live in Brooklyn. So we went to the Cobble Hill uh, Halloween parade and it was insane anybody that's in new york anybody that lives near new york if you're in brooklyn and you haven't been to like the parade that goes down uh in cobble hill park in brooklyn it is a sight to see i kid you not it is just so many all these kids all dressed up they love halloween they're running around the park every all the all the houses and brownstones are giving out candy on the steps it's incredible all the houses are decorated it's it's really wild it was really beautiful to see my daughter didn't see a wink of it because she was asleep but daddy enjoyed it so you know that's all that really matters right i even took some candy for her you know what i mean people trying to tell me oh she's too young she's she she can't enjoy it i was like ah, what do you know you're not her father anyway uh that was really cool we took her to the zoo for the first time this past weekend that was really cool um but the real thing about week 13, and I'm going to be selfish again because uh, the real development of week 13 is once again in the parents. And it's not that you're comfortable because now you're comfortable. And that's great. You're comfortable. You're week 12. You got comfortable. It's fucking awesome. Like parenting is great. Fatherhood is awesome. And then week 13 comes and you realize that your wife is going to have to go back to work after maternity leave. And then you start getting uncomfortable again with this parenting thing because you realize that now you have a responsibility to pay somebody to watch your child and that is a complete mind explosion and you have to now like the responsibility of parenthood sets in right like i'm not putting in a school yet and i don't even want to think about that i just said it and i got chills on my spine because i i'm already seeing what these daycares and nannies are are costing and all that shit and i can't even think about school yet it's insane because now like you just spent the last three months and specifically for the mom so mom's out there listening um I really feel for you and I'll get into it deeper because I see what, what my wife is going through with this whole realization that's going on. And, um, you know, you just, you just spent the last 12 weeks, three months doing everything hands on caring for this little beautiful thing that you created, feeding it, changing it entertaining it just making sure it fucking survives uh, to the point where you can actually enjoy that and then this week comes and you're like fuck i gotta now give this to somebody else every day to do all of that 
And not only do I have to give it to somebody else, I have to pay them money to do it. And it's not a little amount of money, like at least not in fucking New York. Um, you know what I mean? Like we live in New York, you know? So right now you've, you've two options, right? You either hand your three month old child to some random stranger that you probably met one to four times and had two conversations with that roams free in your home, or you hand it over to some random person who has 17 other little kids roaming free in their home. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not from New York and you're not from Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, pretty much Every daycare is run out of somebody's home. Now, they dress it up. It looks like a classroom and they have all these different like childcare things going on. But it's somebody's home. Like it's a it's an apartment. Like you are in an apartment on some real life daddy daycare shit. Except instead of handing your kid to like to Eddie Murphy and that that big fat dude that plays Larry David's agent on Curb Your Enthusiasm, you're giving it to some random Russian woman with an accent you can barely understand. Now, I really liked her. Don't get me wrong. She was great. But the whole concept is just weird. Like, I'm now giving a stranger my child every day. Every day now. That's what it is. 8 a.m. every single morning. Boom. Here you go. 6 o'clock, I'm picking it up. And you know what the worst thing about that that whole thing is? Is that not only does it cost you about twenty dollars to $40,000 a year. Yep. Again, New York. Beautiful thing, you expensive little... Anyway, uh, but it costs you just about every waking moment with your child. Like, think about it. You're dropping a kid off at eight, right? Or you have the nanny come before you go to work. What, the kid's up for an hour? Like, you're there for an hour? You spend one hour with it before you leave or you, or you drop it off? And then you come pick it up at six or you get home from work... And again, boom, they're going to sleep in what an hour? So you're spending two hours with your child every week? Two, I mean, every day, two hours? You just spent the last, and like I said, this is really, I feel for moms. Like, I really feel for moms because I'm watching my wife come to this realization that, like, she is finally loving being a mother and taking the baby to go do stuff and and to these gym classes and mommy and me yoga and music classes and this and and now if we have a nanny we give the, the nanny is just taking her to go do all those things that now my wife has developed this love for and her and my daughter get to bond over and what and if you've given it to a, a daycare, you're just dropping it off with a bunch of other kids. And like, listen, I'm sure it's fine. Like, it has to be done. Like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, but it's just, it, it's really crazy. Um, so what I want, uh, what I want is, is, is dads out there and everybody that's a non-parent, everybody listening. Like, if you're a non-mom, right, and you don't understand how that, like, the mentality and kind of the the agony that and and the, the complete mind fuck that that your wife your 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 baby's mom any mom out there goes through with this thing think about this they just spent the last full year of their life 9 months of pregnancy and in 3 months post birth right 
dedicating their entire life, literally every breath in their body, every waking moment they have for this baby. And then poof, suddenly, just like that, it's three months old. And it's like, bitch, you got to go back to work. Sorry, I don't care if you have a kid. You got bills to pay. And you have this job that you need to keep. And it's insane. And now you just give it, give the baby to a fucking stranger to watch it. And I'm sure everything's fine. Like, okay, you know, whatever. But as far as the child care is concerned, but imagine what that's like. You know what I mean? Imagine you spent the last full year of your life dedicating to this one thing and then you just have to give it to somebody else while you, because you have to go back to work. It's, it's, it's depressing me. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm talking about it right now and I'm getting depressed um, because it's crazy. You're just giving this thing to somebody who's going to attempt to fill your shoes and get the enjoyment that you've been getting out of filling those shoes for the last three months. It's a wild thing. Um, and any employer out there, okay, any employer out there. You need to give unlimited or some extended maternity leave because these moms deserve it. Every single mom deserves it. Every single dad deserves paternity, but every single mom deserves, I I don't know, three months is not enough. I know there's some place out there giving six weeks. Like, how dare you? Anyway. I'm not going to get all political. I just see what the the change that's going on and and what it's this whole realization and this reality setting in um it is it's already building up the separation anxiety in my wife and it's so heartbreaking to me. Um I, I like I see it happen and I just like it breaks my heart a little bit every time. So with that said, everybody out there listening, what I need you to do is keep sharing this goddamn podcast with every single person you possibly know. I don't care who it is. Just send it out. Email blast it. Facebook blast it. Twitter blast. Who? who they, I don't care. Do whatever you can. Anybody, every single person. So we blow this whole thing up. And then we turn it into a multi-million dollar conglomerate. My wife can quit a goddamn job and stay at the house with the child all day, every day, like she wants to do. That's it. I'm telling you, please, there you go. Well, I just solved the problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking about the last part. But seriously, that that is what week 13 is. It's this, again, it's the development of us as parents. And it's this realization that not only do we have to give it to somebody else, but we have the responsibility to now like hire somebody to do it. And... That's completely fucking crazy, um, as is every step of the way with fatherhood. Um, but yes, that's what week 13 has brought me. It was, first Halloween was great. First zoo visit was fantastic. But this realization of reality setting in as a parent uh, and the true responsibility of it, that it's what all of you have to look forward to in week 13. If those of you that ain't there yet, those of you that are going to get there, listen, 
I just saved you a boatload of, of, of stress and anxiety because now you can prepare for it. Um, that's what it is. That, that, that is life. Uh, it's a vicious cycle. Um, and that's, that's all it is. So once again, seriously, share this with everyone you know, but not to blow up and make it a million dollar conglomerate. I'm just fucking around about that. But seriously, if you did, if you dig the show, keep sharing it, keep listening to it. I was looking at some metrics the other day and the show is international. It is international. I got people in Australia and the UK, Ireland. It's wild. So please keep sharing the show. Um, you know, follow me, facebook.com slash dadhardpod. Pod, Instagram at Dad Hard Pod. Um, I'm, I'm getting the content up. I promise you. Um, and then you know, if you, as always, if you want to connect on the fatherhood, brotherhood, you want to come on the show, you want to offer suggestions about topics that that you'd like to hear discussed on the show, so I can go out and, and seek guests that can talk about that. My network is long, so like I know a lot of people. So if you want something to talk about, I could probably find somebody to talk about it. Now I'm, I'm not I'm serious. Um, so if you have ideas of things that you want, concerns that you want to hear discussed. Throw them at me, dadhardpod at gmail.com. Um, and on the other side of the break, you know we got the guest segment. And I have the pleasure of, of sitting down with one of my best friends on the planet. Um, and he is actually um, the pioneer of fatherhood, at least like in my friend zone area uh and and a dude that i really look up to um as a father i'm always asking him for advice i probably should have listened to his advice and listened more closely to what he was telling me about this whole nanny uh daycare cost related thing um got that chase apologize for that but yes i have my man chase hoxton coming on the show he's the father of two beautiful beautiful girls um and we're gonna sit down and talk to him and about what that's like and and what about he travels a lot for work so we're gonna talk about what how he deals with that while also being a dad um and you know we'll catch you on the other side that hard with a podcast episode eight Woo! We made it, baby. I'll catch you on the other side of the break. Holla. High school high value one, uh-uh Magnificent, fantastic, masterful flow Stretch arm, strong, elastic Can you catch it while it goes? Extravagant, untattered, nor battered, nor bruised So fine and immune to the swanest the flus I'm cool as my jewels, rude as his jewel Staring in pants of the hugest of booze Make a love what I do, then make moves on the low This is mowing, this flow is like all that I know It's all that I see when I keep my hat low Keep your EYEs locked on them I'm finna explode and blow like a load on the nose of the finest Remember back in the days Before you got blazed and lost in the haze Remember back in the times When being just a kid was fun Right, right Remember back in the days Before you had brains Or cared about your ways Remember back in the times When being just a kid was fun Right, right Remember the sandbox 
Little League ball felt like the sandlot. I was the Bambino, the salt on the swap. And Doc was more like Benny the Jet. No handy, but yet, Pops tell us we drink up. are back. Dad Hard with a podcast. As usual, you know when that music break hits, it's time to get into our guest segment for the week. This week, I have the pleasure of sitting down and talking to one of my best friends on the planet, known the kids since we were what, 11 years old, grew up in camp together. We now like live in Brooklyn, very close to each other. Um, and he, in our friend circle, is actually like the pioneer of fatherhood for us. Because not only was he the first one to have a kid, he was the first one to have two kids and had two kids before any of us even had one kid. So it's my pleasure to sit down with, like I said, one of my best friends on the planet, Mr. Chase Hoxton. How are you, good sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you for having me, of man. Co- of course, I'm man. I'm excited. Of course, man. This, this is, is going to be fun, bro. This is going to be real fun. Um, it's always great for me when I get to have like a good friend of mine on the pod. And like with you specifically, it's like really cool because... I said you were the first guy in our friend group to like have a kid. That's right. And going through this whole process myself, like I, I was like, look, like I looked up to you, but like to to God, I, I always asking for advice, you know, always telling me to get used to waking up at five in the morning all the time <laughs> now. Um, so it's like fantastic to have you on and like sit and talk about uh, your experiences with this whole thing because I know you have a lot of them. Yeah, no, it's 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 awesome to see where you are now because that's exactly where I was three years ago. Yeah, for sure. And now and now I've got two, and so I got three year old. By the way, two girls, a three year old, and turning one this week. Oh so we're excited God. for that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a trip. It's crazy. I, I can I mean it's a trip for me to see <laughs> you have two kids now. It's fucking so cool and so amazing. Um, so like. So JoJo's about to be one. Mm-hmm. How was it? Like, was it super different having the second kid versus the first kid? Is it kind of the same? Is it just like a layer on top? You know what I mean? Like, how's one that thing that one thing for sure that's that's nice when you have two girls is we saved a lot of money on clothes because we saved every single thing, and then you know, luckily they're like similar in size, so we can. <laughs> we just—it's a lot of princess dresses and and pink shoes and and scarves and boots and stuff like that. But and then I get to read and now and I now have a girl. and now it's, you're lucky because yes. you're the next friend that had a girl, and all those hand me downs are going to you. So all the good stuff, at least. I'm pumped, and my wife is even more pumped about it. For sure. But I told her I was coming over here, and you had stuff to give to us. She's like, yes, I can't wait. They have the cutest clothes. Sean has such good taste. She's that's super excited about it. So, but what's the, what's the experience like in the difference in having... Yeah. I mean, when you have your first one, as you know, it's very nerve-wracking. For sure. There's, there's a lot of things that like, the baby is doing that you're not really ready for you don't even know what's happening like you know when she wakes up screaming in the middle of the night for the first time or you know the hundredth time and you're still like what does she want how do I handle this and you're freaking out because you're like is something wrong you know a lot of those type of feelings go away on the second one they do I mean 
because you're just more relaxed. You're more comfortable. And when something happens, you've been through that before. For sure. And, you know, it's always different. Believe me. Things come up with the second one that didn't happen on the first one. And even though you're, you know, you still worry about your kids, you love them, you want them to be okay, you know, you're just still a little bit more relaxed, I think, on the second one around. Did, like, so the process between the two of them, was it, like, this, did they go through, like, the same processes of of things? Like, I don't even know what that means, but, like, you know, um, with how they, they sleep or, like, their feeding or, like, gaining weight, was it the same with both of them or was it completely different? You know, um... One of the things we did with my first one, Lila, when she was born, we did sleep training at at 10 weeks. Okay. And we put her in her room, we closed the door, and we let her cry it out. Oh my gosh, and that fervor method? Yeah, full oh, on. Wow. And it worked like a charm. Really? Three days, three or four days, I swear to God, she was sleeping through the night really in 10 weeks did you have do you have had, had the monitor though to like yeah you had the you, monitor did it wake you how was like listening to her cry on the monitor because that's like oh. the biggest thing like my it, wife was like the whole night sitting up watching it i was passed out i swear to god i was sleeping like through the night as soon as that happened i was like oh i don't have to go get her okay <laughs> i'll be out <laughs> we're the exact opposite because i am up all night with her, like every movement she makes. Um, okay, so three days just cried out and it worked. Yeah, I'm not kidding. And um, that was a recommendation from our pediatrician and, okay. and multiple books that we read, and it worked really well. But this is the thing, though. It did not work at all for my second kid because of the situation we had with our living. We had moved. We have an apartment now that's a two-bedroom, so... The older one was in her room, and the baby was in our room when she was first born in a in a pack and play next to our bed. For sure, because we didn't have we live in the city in Brooklyn, we didn't have the situation to have you know a, a second nursery. For sure, and when the baby's in your room, it's almost impossible to get her to sleep through the night because she's in there, and you know well, I know it when very you well when you when she cries, she's right next to your bed. So we tried to like sleep on the couch, which was miserable because we don't have a pull-out couch, and we were both like sleeping on this couch. Well, that... you, you both sleep on the couch. <laughs> yeah, we tried oh my to do God. it. That's, that's I basically slept on top of my wife. <laughs> well, that's good at least. <laughs> um, there were kids in the house, so it was, oh, okay, it was fine. clean. All right, okay, clean, clean, no dirty stuff, maybe. Um, so she was in. So she was in the room. Lila was in her own room, and she just Joe just didn't sleep well at all when that was the situation. Yeah, it was like it was probably five months, five and a half months before really? she was sleeping through the night. When did you put and them in the same room? As soon as she was sleeping through the night, okay. we put both girls in the same room. And how did that work out? Um, at first, <laughs> I had a two-year-old who, you know. She was very curious, and she's got this sister now in her room. And she loves very much. She loves, but, you know, she wanted to climb in there. She wanted to throw stuff into the crib. It was a disaster at first. But they got used to it, and, <laughs> you know, now they're they're sleeping in the same room. And um, it's always, every night, interesting. I mean, my three-year-old, she has the most comfortable bed in the world, 
but she will only sleep on the floor. That's it's hilarious. hilarious. So funny. You come in here and she is literally <laughs> sleeping on the hardwood floor, and I sneak in and like put a blanket on her and. That's it. She sleeps through the night. Does she start out in the bed and then move to the floor? Or does she just like go, I'm tired. I'm just going to go to sleep on the floor. It's like you put her in her room and she plays with her toys and she plays with her stuffed animals. And then she basically passes out on the floor. It's like she's drunk in college and she can't make it to her bed. That's like what it's like for a three-year-old. That's hilarious. And how do you, how do you manage like the timing of putting them to sleep? If they're in the same room. So they have different bedtimes. And the baby goes to bed at like, um, I would say, 6.30. And then the, the, the older one goes to bed at like 8.30. So we just kind of sneak in. We actually have um, a, a wall, like a, a fake wall. like a, Yeah, that we put up in between the crib. So she can't, the baby can't see. Gotcha. But... It's interesting. I mean, every night, you know, it's it's like very um, stressful because you just want to get these kids very well. (laughs) I know it very well. The sleeping thing is just such a it's such a crazy thing. I was telling you before we started recording, like uh, my daughter's had me up literally all night for the last three nights, just like not sleeping. I mean, she's probably sleeping perfectly fine, and she has no problem. But I don't sleep perfectly fine because I wake up. She sleeps. We still have her directly next to my head. And, like, I just wake up to every little sound that she makes. She's crying because she wants the pacifier. I'm putting it back in, yeah. rubbing her head to go back to sleep. Um, did you do Ferber with the second also? Just let her cry it out? We tried. It did not work. The other thing, too, with Joni was, who's the younger one, um, she had a cold. Like, pretty much right when she was born for the first three or four months because... Lila, the older one, you know, she it was co- it was cold and flu season. You know? sure. She didn't have the flu, but she had a cold, and the baby was born, and she was like, "Oh my god, this little cute sister that I have now," and she wanted to kiss her and, and like touch her, and like she, it was so hard to. We tried to wash her hands and everything, but you know, doesn't happen. didn't happen, and the baby got sick right away. So you got very familiar with the. So she was sucker. like, "Oh my god, not sucker." <laughs> We've the talked about sucker. the snot sucker. The snot sucker thing is, that is, it's disgusting for anyone who's never used it or ever seen it. It sounds disgusting. It is disgusting, but it is like, it gives them relief. You're basically like unplugging, like it's unclogging so a drain of their nose. It's you know? so true. It's the best, it's the best thing ever. Whenever yeah. we do it to Aurora, she like screams so loud. When we're doing it, and then when she feels the relief, she just starts smiling like it's yeah. the best day of her life. But it's the grossest thing in the planet. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the grossest thing in the planet. I um, I tell my my buddy, my buddy, he's having a baby in March, and I tell he's like worried. He's like, oh, I don't want to change diapers. I'm like, yo, forget changing the diapers. That's not even gross. Wait until you have to suck the snot out of their nose. Oh That's God. some gross shit right there. But it's fantastic. Yep. Um. So two fucking kids, Chase. How you feeling about that? I'm exhausted, you know, just Probably par for the course. <laughs> I don't ever sleep anymore. And I, I wake up every morning probably at 6 o'clock, like when the crow, you know, crows at 6 o'clock in the morning, every morning. 
Do they wake you just, up or are you on a clock? Like, are you on your own alarm clock where, like, you just are up because you I'm know a, they're going to be up? I'm a psycho. I wake up at 6 a.m., like, regardless. So I'm up sometimes before the kids, but usually they're up at that point, you know. Yeah. Just kind of, I don't know, sneaking around their room, making noises, but... They're not really, like, getting too fussy, and then I, I usually come in and turn the lights on, you know, Daddy's here, good morning. They probably love it. I wake them up every morning, I love it, Yeah. you know, because I work a lot, so my time with them is in the morning. Yeah. So it's probably, like, a mental thing, like, For sure. I want to be up early because I get to spend more time with them, For sure. see them before I get to go to work and everything. And you travel fucking all the time for work also, so, yeah. like, they, I mean, your kids fucking love you. It's, like, the best thing ever. Whenever, whenever they're around, they just like love being around, like love being around you. Um, but like, how do you manage traveling somewhere? Like I was talking to you this week, you were like, I'm texting you from Atlanta. Then tomorrow I'm in Oklahoma. Then the next day I'm in Detroit. Then I'm in <laughs> fucking Cincinnati. Like, how do you manage like keeping such a good relationship and like being so present in your kids' lives while you are like, not never here, but like just always on the road. Life of a traveling salesman. Facts. I mean, just trying to put bread on the table, but... Feel it. You know? I mean, the the truth is, I would never be able to do it if I didn't have such an amazing wife. Because... She's going to love that. (laughs) No, it's true. Of course. Because I can't, you know, leave and feel comfortable unless I know that things are on lock when I'm away. And and she has it down. I mean, you know, she's... Works from home. So she's flexible and she can be there for them. And, um, you know, she's understanding because when I do travel, it, it can be, you know, it can be a lot. And I'm away for days at a time and it sucks, you know, it's hard. And, um, but, you know, I just try to maximize the time that I'm home, be present, be with the girls, take them out, you know, and do fun stuff and just try to, you know, just try to be the best dad that I can be when I'm there. And you, know? you, and you are. You fucking kill it. I get texts from you at <laughs> 6 in the morning. I swear to God, people, I get texts from this guy at like 7 in the morning. Oh, hey, I'm at Carroll Park right down the street. If you're up and out, come come down. I'm like, dude, I haven't slept in four days. Like, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not coming down to the fucking playground right now. But uh, but they, they do. They love you. They love being with you. You're so like good with them and I just find like I just find like I said in the beginning I like look up to you as like a as like a father figure for like guidance and like I'm always hitting you up for like advice and like what to do with this and what to do with that um because you I know Sean has a down pack but you also seem to have a down pack it doesn't it 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 may look like that but at times it can be very you know stressful it can be tough but yeah we, we we do the best that we can yeah. We're, we're um, every day is a new challenge, something different, you know. Lot, like my my one year old now is very mobile. All of a sudden, she walking yet or just crawling? Um, she's doing the cruising, the couch cruising, where so she's crawling like crazy and she's on the verge of walking. Um, so she'll like lift herself up onto the couch or you know the walker or a stool or my leg or whatever it is, and she can just kind of cruise around but holding on to something and like take steps while she's holding yeah yeah gotcha it's it's she'll be walking at this stage like she'll be walking within a month or less wow yeah she's there 
So how is that stuff with second kid? Because like with first kid, like I noticed with with my obviously it's my first. So like everything she she lifts her head. I'm like this is the most amazing thing ever. She like laughed hysterically the other night. Like like ha ha like laughed hysterically at me like making faces the other night. I was like this is the best thing ever. Does that? So you know how those moments are when you have your first kid. Are those moments still as fantastic with the second one, or are you just like? Ah, second kid. I've seen it before. No, they are, and they're they're amazing. the 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 shitty part is when you miss them when you're traveling. Like the other day, I was I was in Chicago, I think, and I get a video from Sean, and it's Joni crawling for the first time, and I was like, oh man, I missed it, you know. And it's just that kind of stuff. Yep, that's, that gets it. to you, you know. I know it. So I that's that that's that's the kind of thing that's like uh, maybe I should be, you know staying closer and trying to travel less it's just you know it's really tough but how does how does Sean deal with you traveling so much I mean obviously she's super understanding and she loves both your girls and she's fucking fantastic with them but like how does she, like how does she manage that you know like that's oh she hates it really <laughs> yeah I mean probably not because I'm annoying and she probably is like oh he's gone alright well at least I can relax one night by myself watch my shows Drink her wine once the kids go to bed. Drink wine once the kids go to bed. But it's hard. I mean, you know, when, especially too, because we have a dog. That's, That's the other sure. thing. We have two kids and the dog. And so, you know, every time I go away, we're like, oh man, what are we going to do with the dog now? Right. So we, we get dog walkers and that's always a, another challenge. But, you know, she's, she's amazing. That's how she's. She she's, she's fantastic. I mean, they love her. They just love both of you so much. It's just like whenever I see, whenever like I see you guys and like I like I see you guys together and I see you with the girls, they just like love you guys. So they're always like hanging on to you guys. They want to like jump on you, whatever. It's just like it's so amazing. It's so amazing to see. You know, like you guys are the fucking best. Um, yeah, man. I mean, we're not the Brady Bunch, though. I mean, we... You're close. <laughs> we... There's there's certain things, like, okay, I said Joni started being more mobile, and yesterday, I was cleaning her room, and I was making... I was putting the sheet on the crib. So, I took the baby, and I put her on the bed. Big mistake. I turned my back for a second, and she crawled off the bed, and she fell off the bed, and... I was like, oh, I try to reach with my foot and and like catch the fall, but it was it was too late, and um, she, you know she fell. She was fine. Oh, I was Jesus. freaking out, but you know she did get a little bit of a bruise on her head. She's okay. She's okay. okay. I promise. Don't Good. call child services. Well, well she looks she looks fantastic. I'm, you know, just like, <laughs> you so saw her. two seconds ago. She looks great. She right. looks happy as can be. <laughs> uh, so it, this it's funny that you say that. I was like I was had a weird thought when I was holding the baby the other day I was like you know I feel like we're we're good parents because we haven't dropped the baby yet yeah <laughs> you know like I just feel like oh, it's gonna happen I, I, that's what, <laughs> and I was like what do you mean nobody drops the baby I'm like what do you mean like I feel like babies get dropped all the time I mean in one way shape or form it's, right. she's gonna fall she's gonna get hurt you know that's just especially when they start walking and then they start running and they like don't know how to use their legs, and yeah. they just fall everywhere. Like my two, when she, when Lila was two, she was she'd come home from the playground, she'd have like cuts and scrapes all over, bruises. But, but it doesn't even bother them when they no. do that. It, like they two don't even seconds, feel they cry it. for a second, and then they're like, 
you like smile at them and they're like, ah, I'm back to like normal. 100%. It's, kids are so resilient. Everybody thinks they're so like delicate. And they are, I guess. But like, they don't feel any of this stuff. It's fucking amazing. They're just, I don't know. Kids are fucking the best. They're like Gumby. That's why. Because they're, their bodies are not like call. fully formed and they're growing and. Just like rubber, they just stuff bounce just bounces off. Stuff. off. Yeah. yeah. That's Especially when they're babies. That's why, that's another thing. When you have your second one, you're a little bit more relaxed, like I said, and, you know, certain things like that, you're not as worried because you've been through it. You know that, you know, you can hold a baby in a certain way and you're not going to break it. For sure. You know, when you first have that baby, like the first one, and you're like, I'm going to, what do I do? I'm going to break her, you know, how do 100%. I hold her? 100%. You're like a new dad. When you have the second one, you're like, woo, throw the baby in the air, catch her, you know, bounce her on the bed. It's, put really, her on like your that head. it's really like that commercial, that first <laughs> kid, second kid, whatever that commercial. Yeah. It, that seems like what it's what it's really like. What's, what's the biggest difference between first and second? Besides like being more comfortable, obviously, like what's the biggest difference in, I guess, raising them or I guess in the experience in general? I think that, you know, when you have your first one, I'll just, for example, when you have your first one and you, you ever heard of a sterilizer? You probably use it every single day. Uh, um, Sterilized bottles and stuff? We have one. It just sits in our microwave and we <laughs> use it once. We've probably used it three times. I, I'm thinking of when we were, when we first had um, Lila, we were like so anal about sterilizing nipples and bottles and and um, pacifiers and stuff like that. And we would do it every night and we'd put it in the sterilizer and we would make sure that like if she if it fell on the floor, we would sterilize it. And then with the second one it just like, wipe it off. Yeah. The sterilizer was in the garbage like after you know, that thing was gone. And we would just put the stuff in the in the dishwasher. That's yeah. just like it, it's to me that's just normal now and I think it's totally fine. I mean, people probably listening are like, oh my God, he puts the bottles in the dishwasher. But like, it's fine. I'm telling you. She's, she's never had a problem. I agree. I agree with you 100%. And like, um, my wife like is in this mom, like this mommy group. And it's like a bunch, like five moms, and the five new moms and their babies. And then it's like a pediatrician and then like a pediatric psychologist or psychiatrist, something like that. And she came back one day and she was like, babe, the pediatrician said that we should be sterilizing the things. That, I don't remember if it was once a, every day or once a week at least, whatever. I'm like, fuck that. I do wash her, like I wash all the bottles every like every night before I go to sleep. That's like soap and water, hand wash it, and I'm out. You're, you're progressive, man. It's amazing. And your first one, first go around. I mean, it doesn't, like, this step, like, I, you have to wash the bottle after you sterilize it anyway. Right. So why not just wash it? Right. Soap and water. It's like the best thing ever. They've been doing it for hundreds of years. Yeah. I mean, and that's just an, an example, but I think that, um, you know, just in general, when you're raising two, it's, for me, it's not really, I'm not worried about their, I'm worried about their well-being, but I'm more so worried about, you know, just affording two kids. Because for sure. we live in New, York, in New York City and I have a good job and all that, but still, Every day, there's like new bills for things that I wasn't expecting. School stuff, like insurance stuff, and clothes, and 
diapers nonstop, and all the, especially when they're so young and they're growing at such a rapid pace I was just telling Sean before like Aurora's now grown out of every single article of clothing that we have for her because we bought for like zero to three months and then we bought like at six months so now we have this three to six month period where we just have no clothes for her <laughs> and, and we're like what are we gonna now we have to spend another hundreds of dollars on all these new clothes for her for a three month period before she gets into what we have for her, you know? Hopefully we solve that problem because you, you're coming home with like three bags of Lila's. So, so excited. Like six to, I mean, Joni's six to 12 months. That so Brooklyn you, dress is the best thing ever. <laughs> I can't wait to put her in that. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a crazy, it's a crazy thing the way that people look and like they're so uptight or they're so by the book. And want to be by the book about how they're raising kids. And, like, my whole philosophy, the thing that I've learned is, like, you got to just, like, listen to your kids and do whatever is right for them. Because, like, the books that you read and the blogs or whatever, they're not raising your kids, you know? They're just talking about, like, ex- like medical studies or whatever. But, like, they didn't study your kid. So they no, don't know sure. why they're crying, what they're doing, you know, how fast they're growing, etc. Well... It's funny because, you know, now that you have a, I have a three-year-old and she's very vocal and she's very smart and she's very manipulative and she knows how to read us and she knows how to get what she wants and that's going to happen. I guarantee you, Aurora, guarantee you she's going to have you wrapped around your finger. She already does. Around her finger. And she's going to be able to control you guys because that's what happens to me. And it's hard to say no. Of course. She's, she wants candy. And, like, she wants something. And she'll be like, you know, like, for example, she'll be having a temper tantrum. And you'll be like, you just want her to stop. Just calm down. Everything's okay. Just don't cry. It's fine. I'll give you candy. I'll give you whatever you need, you know. And then, you know, she'll stop. And then like an hour later, she'll come up and she'll be like, you said you would give me candy. <laughs> Where's my candy? I told, And then she remembers that stuff. That's, like she, it's almost like she did it on purpose just to get the candy. Just to get the candy later. or the ice cream, whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, listen, Aurora already has me wrapped around her finger. I will do anything that she, will, like anything that she wants. I will do anything to like make her stop screaming. Yeah, because now she's in the phase where she just screams. She doesn't even cry. She just like screams bloody murder. And I'm just like, I'll do anything you want to like stop you from screaming. That reminds me of of potty training. Oh my God. When you get to potty training. When did you start potty training? Two. At two, okay. So we were having our second one and Lila was going to be, it was turning two. And we were like, we cannot have two kids in diapers. We must potty train her before we have the second one, even though she's a little young, like they say two and a half, you know, read, read the kid. If they're, if they're a little bit more mature, they might be able to do it earlier. We're like, she's probably not ready, but you know what? We're just going to do it. And what you literally do, what we did is you, you let them walk around naked for like, you know, if you read the books, yeah, it'll say a three day method. You know, this is how to do it. Watch them like a hawk. If they look like they're going to go to the bathroom, run them to the bathroom. It does not take three days. It took us about a month. So imagine my daughter was naked for a month straight, and it is stressful, man. 
because every second she held it in for I swear to God it was like four days. <laughs> really? So every day you were just like waiting for that for her to go and then you you'd wait to see and you'd run her to the potty but we would give her a skittle if she went to the bathroom on the potty we'd give her a skittle or an m&m and she loved it of course kids just love fucking candy that was ultimately did it It was the candy was the candy every because she's like i know that if i go like you just train them it's like they figure it out that if they go, you're going to give them candy. And they just, they just think, I want the candy! <laughs> it's so, did, so did having a dog help you as far as training your kids at all? Not that that matters. <laughs> but like, I, you know, like you train your dogs. Like I know you, you've had, you had Stella before you had the kids. Did like they, training uh, Stella like help you to train the kids at all? You know, when Stella was first, Stella's our French bulldog. When she was when we first got her she was like our kid and we oh, treated her like that oh i know and it's so sad because i love her and she's amazing but she really gets the she gets the shaft now that we have two kids she's like the last on the list i and, feel so bad which is probably why she sprints to the door every yeah. time anybody shows up she's like see me first see me first give me attention give me attention yeah but i mean you know it's it's a different like when you're when you're tra- when you're crate training a dog versus potty training a kid, well, yeah, <laughs> it's well, a little bit sure, obviously it's different. But, but like <laughs> the experience of training, is it like at all the same? I mean, your your kid has a much bigger brain than your dog, well, and they can true, they can figure this stuff out, and they and they they know the situation. I mean, the dog, it's I, I can't even get into that right now because that's that's just nuts. It was, I mean. You know, when St- we did get Stella as a puppy, and she shit all over our apartment, and I guess you know what, Lila did too. So well, I was gonna ask you, not that she different. was running around naked. Did she just shit everywhere? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> That's oh, God. I... If you take your eye off her for one second, she will squat behind the planter or like the TV and just like pee on the floor. Apparently, kids the kids love to like squat like behind couches or behind things and like that's where they like go to the bathroom when they are out of diapers Pollock was telling me about his kid Pollock is another friend of ours that has a kid uh was telling that his his son that's what he was doing when he he wouldn't go in the bathroom he would just go on the side of the couch and just sit and take shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah man you just get used to it it's it's honestly like doesn't phase me at all it's like you know yeah, baby poops, baby throws up, you know, there's snot, there's whatever. Blood, none of it phases me anymore. Blood. Two kids. Jesus. Um, but no, it doesn't phase you. No. And you, you're like the, you're just like the calmest dude ever with this. It's like fatherhood came fucking naturally to you. It, I always wanted to be a dad, man. Always. That's why when we got married, we had a kid right away. It was, that was very. Literally right away. Premeditated, yeah. It, literally, she was pregnant the next day. <laughs> Not in the honey. It wasn't a honeymoon baby, but it was pretty soon. How and the other great thing about you is that like your entire family is so involved. How has being a father changed the relationship with your parents? Has it changed? Do you have like a different relationship with them now? Of course, there are babysitters. No, <laughs> yes, they are. I, my my in laws, same thing. It's fantastic. No, they're amazing. I mean, we have we're very very fortunate in that we have um, family that is lives close by and loves our kids, and they 
It's like built-in babysitters for real. And we have sisters, we have grandparents, and everybody um, is so helpful, which is amazing. Um, and the kids love it because they get to spend time with um, sure. you know, their, their grandparents, and, and they love that. Um, how does it change my relationship with my folks? I mean, definitely makes me appreciate all the stuff they did for us because I'm one of three kids, and you know, my wife is one of six kids. Six? Well, four and then two more um, half. Jesus Christ. And it's crazy. I mean, this day and age, I can't imagine having more than two kids. Even though we we probably will down the line. I I, I know you're going to try to get that boy. You're surrounded by girls on all sides. Two sisters, two daughters, a wife, a female dog. You need need to have a boy in this situation. Yeah, man. I mean, most likely, it's just, I don't know how people do it and raise more than two in the city, in New York. For sure. Yes, especially in New York. It's craziness. Yeah, it's like you're set up to, you're set up to fail by having more than two kids living in New York because it's so expensive. Yep. And you're paying for daycare and nannies and all this while, like, and then, like, on top of that, you're trying to, like save for their future for college my buddy Omri was telling me the other day he has this app that like estimates how much you need to save like you put in like a college that you like want your kid to go to so like we went to Northwestern so he like put Northwestern in there and for four right now for by the time his kid graduates college is like 2047 or whatever 37 or whatever it is it's going to cost him it's going to cost $425,000 to put his son right now through four years at Northwestern. I just started shaking. Uh, right. I, 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 I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out right now about fucking daycare. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. How'd you go about finding daycares and like nannies and stuff like that? Um, Cause well, you do both right now, right? You have like a nanny and yeah. Once they, once they turn two, you got to put them in some sort of program. We did two day twos. And now, now I was doing three day threes. Cool. And then next year is universal pre-K. So it's five days a week and it's free. So we ready for that. New York City, man. Oh, so public, just public school pre-K. Gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's, it's public school. Um, of course, I just so, got to get through four years. Yeah. That's got to get her to four. Yeah. This is good to know. See, I learned. See, this is what this pod is all about. I bring on dads and I learn how to be a dad. It's fucking awesome. It's the best thing <laughs> ever. It's fantastic. Um, all right. We'll wrap, we're going to wrap up here in a second. Um, but I ask everybody that I bring on one question well two questions if they're ahead far ahead of me in this dadding thing but number one is what has been your favorite experience or what is your favorite thing about fatherhood my favorite thing is when I open the door after I've been away for a couple of days and I come in and the kids run into my arms that is the best oh, feeling be in the so world good. man and every every dad out there knows that man. Yeah, that must me. be the best thing in the world. Yeah, you you'll you'll experience it, I promise. And and when you see their smile and they they're so happy and they light up, that's what it's all about, you know. For sure. And then sometimes you walk in and they're screaming and kicking and crying and craziness, and you know that's more often than not. <laughs> but I love that too, man. I just want to be involved, you know. I want to sure. be with them and 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 experience everything and and go through it all with them because sure. they're they're my you know my whole life of course it's and it's uh then the last thing is advice your 
two kids ahead of me. Piece of advice that you would give to a new give to me or give to any new dad out there that might be listening, whatever. What's the biggest piece of advice you can give from your experience? Um, say goodbye to sleep and just be That's used just just get used to waking up early because it's gonna happen. You can't get around it. And and secondly, you know, just try to relax and don't stress out because, you know, things are gonna happen and it's gonna get it, it it's gonna be hairy and it's gonna be you're gonna be, you know, out of your element and you're everything's gonna work out. That's how I always look at it. That's how I look at it also. Yeah, man. It's just trying to like that's it, that's exactly how I look at it. Like trying to take like every day, day at a time, read them what read my daughter what she's feeling, how she's doing, and just kind of build on that. Um, God, you're the man, Chase. Fucking love you, man. Um, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Like I said, like you're the one guy that like I like. That's a friend that was the first had first kids and like I look up to you as a as a as a dad and you're always giving me advice dropping knowledge I appreciate you coming on and now dropping knowledge on anybody else that's listening I'm sure they appreciate it as well um anytime here's the man uh next time I do want to get you on again but I want to get you on with your dad nice do that it. will be a great that will be a great fucking conversation and I love your dad he's also the man but thank you very much that's a wrap for us with this week, Dad Hard with a podcast. As always, follow me on Instagram at Dad Hard Pod. And if you want to connect, you have ideas for the show, you want to come on the show because you listen and you heard my man Chase and you're like, oh, that man, that's so cool. I want to talk to this guy also and give my advice and all this, my stories and this and this and that. And that. Hit me up, send me an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com. We also just got the Facebook page up. Facebook.com slash dadhardpod. And that's it for us. Until next week, we're out. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. Talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers. Hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. That home cooking. Can't be that, man. You remember? Uh-huh. And if not, you need to rewind this. I'm back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun, right?